2015, he's feeling older than last year. <laughs> Not, Andrew? Good. It's a very exciting year, incredible side of opportunities, a year full of opportunities. And we just want to start out and say thank you. Last year was a big year at many levels. And, and we'll have to reflect it's a big year at many levels for us as a leadership, for us as a church, um, through transition, through change. I want to thank the amazing eldership team. I see Estelle sitting at the back there. And the Matthews family have had quite a big two months. And, um, and Rob is still recovering. So if you don't know Rob, at a back up. And he's recovering up at the moment. But Lisa's out of hospital, which is really amazing. And it was great to see her operating the base on Sunday. We've had to have Chris recently. And it's just standards where... It's just, don't tell her, but, and, um, but there's exciting things happening. Mrs. Phillips is on full-time staff with us, which is amazing, and really, really well, really hard to keep, I used to struggle to get Gabe into the office, now I can't get him out. It's Eunice, Eunice, Lizzie, do you agree with me? Chris is with us, and um, he's definitely helping us and getting us challenging us. He, he's been sick for the only two days he's worked so far, but other than that, um, he's, it's going to be really wonderful, and I'm sure he'll add value when he's finished with the sick leave. And um, <laughs> just get it out the way earlier, but now that we're all on the same page. Um, <laughs> 2014, you get to the end of the year, and, and for us personally, it was a big year. It was a learning year. It was a challenging year, but it really was a good year. And, and I think 2014 was a year of building, a year where, where God allowed us to reevaluate the foundations, the things He called to us to. He'd allowed us to go into some of the depths and understand the foundations that He's put in place here, and He used the teams over the years with Wally and Shills because He builds foundations because of what you want to build up. And before we can look at what He wants to do, we've got to understand the foundations. And last year was a lot of work and detail, understanding, asking questions, who we are, what's the mission, where are we going? What is, the, what is the day? What, is, what do our times demand? And every house is different. I think it's wonderful that every church, church is different. And every church has different flavors. We were looking at houses at the, at the end of last year. We went into a few houses. Within five minutes of being in a house without the owners there, you can tell a lot about a family. You can tell what they celebrate, how they spend their time, what they spend their money on, what their priorities are. And it's important that us, that we as a house know what we call to celebrate, what, what lampstand we are called to do, what is our mandate, what are the things that God is calling us to at this time. And we can, we can still celebrate what God is doing through The View and through Josh Jen and through Ch Church on the Rise and all these different amazing communities. But God wants us to do some very specific, very impactful things. And um, as we look at these, at these differences and we celebrate them, we ask ourselves some questions. We clarify ideas, and, and we get honest with ourselves. We get honest with what God is doing with us, and I think that's a great process. We've, just so you know, there's some changes that, that are happening. Been sitting with Tyler and Gabe and some of the team and, and dreaming about youth and saying, what is it God wants us to do with youth? Because we've got 70 or 80 young people who gather on a Friday, but we found that, and, and through discussing with Tyler and some of the youth, that God wants to do a deep work, and He wants to call guys into and, and one of the changes that the guys have made in youth is, is youth is they're going to have one big event during the, the month, at the end of each month. And for the other Fridays, they're going to get together for bras, just do life together, talk, engage. The leaders having different opportunities to speak, break it down, deconstruct it a little bit so that God can build in. And the feedback has been there's already life to that, which is really amazing. 
And so you know what? The implication is numbers will probably drop. You might hear youth has gone from 70, 80 to 35 or 40. I want to tell you, we're completely happy with that because there's a plan. We want to raise up people who are strong in the word and the challenges to the young guys, Tyler, get, correct me if I'm wrong, but to make sure they're reading the Bible and that they know how to do that and that someone can walk with them in that. You struggle to do that. It's Friday's not another church night. It's youth. It's doing life together and some of the other things, building relationship and discipleship and youth leaders, help me out. Getting guys to serve. So encouraging all the young guys to serve and go on mission together and, and go on, on adventures mid-year and on apostolic trips together. We want to see that rise up, that there's real intimacy, real connection. So those are when God distills something, you've got to sit with it a while. We got to sit at the end of last year and said, actually, that's where we want to go. It's going to look different. It might not be the way everyone's going right now, which is bigger and better and make more lights. We actually want to get rid of a lot of that so that the guys can get into lives and work with young guys who are coming to us and who want that reality. So just so you know and aware, God is challenging and at every level we're wanting to respond and say, God, what is the more for us? But as I've been sitting on the year, you go away at the end of a big year and, uh, and this leadership thing is an amazing thing. Uh, Wally, 30 years, flip, bro. I told Wally I got my first gray hair. I was horrified. My dad made it to 65 with not one gray hair. I already have a gray hair. It was here. That's why my hair went. Just so you know, if you want to understand this hairstyle, it was a gray hair popped up, so we killed it. Just cut it off at the root straight away. But we're asking God and we're questioning, and I went on leave and I said, God, hey, this year can't just be doing last year slightly better. You know what I mean? Who wants that? Who wants that 2015 would just be slightly better than last year? We'll make a few improvements. We did a few modifications, and it's just slightly better. And I was chatting to the guys, and God spoke words of propulsion, cohesion, and salvation, that God wants to do some of these things with us as a community. He's adding people quickly who are going to add to these things, and it's very exciting. And this word dropped off, game changer. And... Um, and I don't know, I sat on it for a week or two. I thought it was just like a ringing little word that sat. And we, we spoke about it in the eldership team, and it seemed to resound. It's like, I, I really feel 2015 for us is a game changer year. What does that mean? It, what is it? It's not just a, a kind of practical sense, let's just change the game. It's a prophetic sense of God actually, it was actually triggered by Emmanuel Kommermont. Kommermont. He's nie Kommerant nie. He's Kommermont. Just in case you, like myself, for a year, have called him Kommermont. Kommermont. Okay, sorry. We publicly apologize. But Emmanuel, there, six. I got a six. Emmanuel preached a great word at the beginning of the year, and he spoke about these young entrepreneurs that they're investing in, that they're working in, and their mandate is not just to fix what's broken slightly more. They're coming in with a mandate, and it's these young visionaries, these young dynamic people who are not too scared to risk anymore. They, they, they're too naive to worry about the risk. They want to go for it. They want to change the world, and they are developing systems and, and, and apps and products that flip everything on its head. So rather than saying, how do we come into a system that's operating for years and years, they're taking the blue ocean thinking, and they're saying, how do we flip this whole thing on its head and do it differently? And the example Emmanuel mentioned in his preach was, rather than, you now I don't have to shout anymore, sorry, thank you. Was I shouting at you? Apologize. Gordon nods, thank you, Gordon. And, um, but these guys are, they, they are coming up with new ways to flip everything on its head and just change the game. 
don't play the game and get better and just stick in. They're coming in and they're saying systems, you know when you move, like we moved to Cape Town, you have to phone every bank, every supplier, every guy to change your bank system. And one guy's working, you mentioned in your preach, on a system where actually you hold your information and they've got to come to you. How amazing would that be? Is it just me or I'm the only one amazed? Okay, <laughs> thank you, Chris. But, um, but that, it would be a game changer here. And then something happened on a cricket field that Wally said we should use tonight. And if you know Wally, you know then that's big. <laughs> that, that for Wally to bring a sports analogy to the mix, we have to use it because the Lord has spoken. So can we show that, that video? Is it Wazzy now? Wazzy the new name? Wazzy. Wazzy Shills, can we go with Wazzy? Huh? We're going to show you a video, and here's the context. If you aren't, hold it for one sec. If you aren't um, a cricketer, relax. This innings happened about three weeks ago, and actually it was A.B. De Villiers scored 149 runs. He only came in in the 39th over. He scored 149 runs or 44 balls. It's something people have always said could never be done. I remember watching a cricket where, where guys would score 250 overs. He scored 149 in 44 balls. It couldn't be done. But this guy, when you realize his story, like David, he's had a journey. He fought some little games. He, he was a sprinter. He was a tennis player. He was a swimmer. He was everything. He won battles so that one day on an international stage, he would completely rock the world of that sport. And we're just going to, for our own entertainment and inspiration, we're going to watch that for three minutes. Go for it. What's amazing about that is he didn't just beat the record, he beat it by six balls. The previous record was 37 balls, that was 31 balls. And every batsman preparing for the World Cup, which is happening next month, and you're probably going to struggle to get a dinner date with Gabe during that month, I'm just saying, putting that out there. And yeah, so will Fiona. But every batsman's going to the World Cup saying, I want to beat that. That's possible. That's possible. Every one of them. And the whole world's going, amazing A.B. de Villiers, but that's possible. You know what's amazing about this? World records were shattered. Um, limitations on thinking were shattered. Ceilings were lifted. But it is such a poor comparison when compared to Jesus, the game breaker. It pales into complete insignificance. And we come into a story, into a gospel, because Jesus changed the game. He just changed the game. He, he came in at every level and changed the game. He came in a king proclaiming peace when every other king came in with violence. He came in and, 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 and we brought freedom rather than judgment. He came in and didn't send the sick out of town. Go, you lepers, get out of town. He brought them into the middle of town and he healed them. He came in as a servant rather than shouting himself as a leader. He came in putting his body on the line rather than sending others into war to put their body on the line for him. This pales into such insignificance. And you know what? Jesus came as a game changer so that we can be game changers. Life Changers Church can be a game changer player in this suburb, in this city, and in this nation. And unless we believe it, unless we understand what Jesus did, the ceilings he shattered over our lives as a community and as individuals, unless we truly grasp what he did, you see, it's easy to see it there. It's tangible. It's, we've watched, I've watched thousands of cricket games probably. Weeping in 92, guys got run out. 
96, all the bad memories come flooding back. But Jesus. And for this year, and it's, as we fast and as we go to Vision Sunday, I be- believe God is calling us to a much higher vision. We settle under ceilings so easily as humans, you know that. We, we come under ceilings. We find comfort in the fact that, well, that's the ceiling and that's how far we can go. And I think Jesus wants to shatter that. When I look at the Bible, I see example after example. I see Josiah come in as an eight-year-old king. And he begins to bring reform and change. And as they're cleaning out the temple, they find this book, the Bible. And he makes change after change, sweeping change across the nations. Really, he was, he was Judah's last grasp, hope at a king who would bring reform and change. And when he died, it all went to pear shape. But in his life, he changed the game. Daniel chose a different path, chose not to defile himself with the king's food. He changed the game. It's an incredible challenge. And we read these stories and we come and it's, oh, that's nice. Let's just carry on. I want to challenge you tonight. I want to challenge myself. I feel the conviction of heaven and the call of the kingdom to our lives and the gospel story in our lives is to change the game personally as individuals in our lives, that we would come in and change the game and we'll explain what that means. But, but what about that dude, Ananias? Not about the one who got slayed down for his stealing bucks and all that. Not that guy. I know you all went there straight away. What about the other guy who witnessed Stephen being stoned? He was a witness to that. And Paul standing, approving of the act and then being sent by God to be the one to go call Paul out. He was a game changer. No one celebrates him. I don't hear too many people calling their kids off Ananias. Haven't met an Ananias lately. But he was a game changer. Peter goes from this wimp, absolute wimp, to preacher to thousands and a game changer. What happened? Jesus gets in, God gets in, gets a hold of a man of a woman, and they do things they never thought they would do. I want to ask you tonight, what have you, what have you never thought you would do? For some, maybe it's, it's doing what Wally does, just walking up to people saying, you know what, you need Jesus, I know Jesus, I'm telling you about Jesus and you're gonna get saved. I remember the first time I came to the church, I preached and Wally introduced me two guys, I think he'd been here from, for rehab from overseas. And they two guys standing in front of you and Wally says to the one guy, you won't even remember, he says, this is so-and-so, they were from Sweden or something like that, Holland. He says, this is so-and-so, he's found Jesus. This is his friend, he's coming to church but he hasn't found Jesus yet, but he's going to. I mean, he's standing in front of the dude. And to you, that's normal. For me, that's like, for me to say that is, is not easy. But what would I never do before, before Jesus gets in? What are the things that, I, that the limitations, the ceilings in my head, in my thinking, in my heart, that hold me down under the ceilings that are created that aren't real? They just shouldn't be there. What are the voices? But my favorite story, and we've been talking about it much as a staff, we spoke about it, and as an eldership, we chatted about it, and, and, and we've had some inspirational books published about the David and Goliath story. It's just crazy. It's just unbelievable. And you all know the story, so I'm gonna paraphrase a little bit and jump through a little bit. But I wanna give you courage tonight. Honestly, we were asking each other as an eldership time, what, what are the things that God's put on you, and, and sometimes we lay them down too easily. I love giving men and women courage for life in Jesus. I, I love it. I love finding people who are at the bottom of their valley and, and saying, actually, I can do it in Jesus. And I was just sharing with Gabe now, as I was sitting reading David and Goliath's story again this afternoon, I love the story throws everything on its head. 
We think that only mountain men and mountain women take over the world. Mountain men and mountain women prophesy. People on the mountain of their lives do amazing things. But Jesus sent a man from the mountain into the valley so they could take a new mountain. And so often in the valleys of our lives, we can be way more effective for the kingdom. You know that? Isn't that amazing? It's just like Jesus flips everything on its head. And I know some of your stories, and I know some of the radical things that are going on now, and I'm telling you, God is saying, will you trust him that you are a game changer? And I'm not in any way insinuating this life as a game, but there's so many analogies. Wally's an idea, man. He starts telling me about the team element of game and all that, and the idea's just coming. There's just so many good analogies for us. As we take the story, and um, we know the story. The armies are a standoff. The ones on this mountain, there's the valley of Elah, and then there's the other mountain, and none of them will descend into the valley because they know that's suicide. So often we stand on the hilltops looking at the next mountain that we know we call to conquer. And I know, because I'm telling you my own story. I've stopped prophesying the last year. I've stopped asking God. I realized that I, I just stopped. I don't know why. And it became a mountain over there. God has given gifts in our lives to set people free. To do it as naturally as we can, but who we are. And I realize God's calling us to things. He wants to get us to the mountains he's called us to take. And there's this, we know the scene plays out. And, and what Saul knew, the king, he, these Philistines, they were, they were battle ready. They were dangerous dudes. They had fought there and fought their way all the way to that mountain ridge. And they'd taken that ridge by force. It's an amazing thing, and it says in 1 Samuel 17, a champion named Goliath. Don't you love that? A champion. It's already, he, he's set up, he's big, he's Goliath, he's a champion, who was from Goth, came out of the Philistine camp. He was, his height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels, and it carries on and it carries on. See, the mountain... God has God for us. I don't, I don't know what the mountain is that God's showing you, Heather. But there's always a champion in the way. Always seems big. Always seems large. There's always going to be a champion there, guys. And as we stand on the brink of a new year, I want to speak to us as a leadership of a community. God is adding amazing people. And we're just sharing visitors' stories. But there are people getting knitted in. Sunday was ridiculous. Honestly, as a leadership... We have decisions to make. There are space challenges. Lisa was saying even, they added a class in for kids on Sunday, and there was pressure already in one of those classes. It's awesome. And I know it's the start of a new year, and we can get buoyant and buoyed up. Sunday night, there was such life. If you haven't been to a Sunday evening service, I would encourage you, pop in, miss a morning, and come pop in and see and meet people you would have never seen in your life. You just wouldn't have seen them. And they got rough stories and cool stories and they come to dinner, and they, they tell dirty jokes. It's awesome. And, um, but Goliath shouts, he says, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man. You know, I'm, and I, I'm not going to read all the scriptures just for time tonight, but the champion always has a loud voice. Champion always has a loud voice. To all of us, in wherever we are, there's a loud voice champion shouting. He never whispers. And our job as sons and daughters of the living God is to make sure we can hear the whispers of heaven over the loud shouts of the champion. 
I mean, there's a gentleman here tonight who's had a, a major work crisis. People are accusing of things. It's time to hear the whispers of heaven. We get caught up with the shout of the champion quickly. There's shouts for us today as a church. It's, it's, it's live for yourself. Community's overrated. It's just going to take from you. Live for yourself. Those are the, actually, the church is dying. It's a dying entity. Don't invest. Don't, and, and personal faith attacks. And people letting us down. Investing time and energy. It's just easier to walk away. These are giants that shout. Life and pressures. And Luke tells us about the worries of this life that choke out the seed that is sown into our life. We've got to get a handle on these giants. What about failure? Maybe last year wasn't a great year for you business-wise. Are you going to let that be a giant this year? Will it be a loud voice, a champion shouting? I want to inspire you and challenge you. It carries on in verse 12. Now David, I'm in 1 Samuel 17. Now David was the son uh, of an Ephratite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah, Jesse had eight sons. It carries on, verse 15. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and every evening and took his stand. 40 days. The giant taunting, taunting the people of God. And I, I love, I think, game changers are sons and shepherds in the kingdom of God. David was a son. He was a son of Jesse. And he was a shepherd. And as the leadership team and people carrying responsibility in this community, we, we carry people. Maybe your key responsibility, Fiona comes in and I say, Fiona, run the systems and that, but actually you can hear inside of her is, a, is people. It's what comes out. I trust that we were to squeeze you and, and say, Johnny, why do you throw your life into addiction cases where it is so darn difficult and, and, and many flee and run and you squeeze them out and answer, you'd, you'd find there's a love for people that is so deep he couldn't explain it. Yeah. We want to be game changers, kingdom game changers. Even in your business, people with a settled identity. And I'm not speaking to the church, I'm speaking to the leadership, I'm speaking to the captains and generals and, and, and within an army and saying, and our sonship needs to be settled. We've got to get in the word and find God and find a settling in him and find a settling of his call at this time. We can't be wrestling that every year, every start of the year. We've got to find solidarity in him, our unity, our, our, our uniqueness in him. I'm just trying to point out what a game changer looks like, and then we're going to talk about a few things. It says, early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of the shepherd, loaded up and set out, and Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out in its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their, their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keep of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were doing. We know this story, all of us. I've heard it from Sunday school. I've heard it so many times, but it just can't leave me. When I look at a game changer, he, he's concerned about his brothers. You know that? It's an amazing thing. Two weeks ago, I just, there was just a guy on my heart I haven't seen in ages. He was in my home group five or six years ago. He, he excels in life. He excels in business. He's had promotion beyond, and he just, he just sat. So I just picked him up on the phone and said, how are you doing? Woof. An hour phone call later, 
And I want to encourage you as game changers. Will you inquire of your brothers? Will you inquire of your sisters? Will you find out how they're doing? Will you fight for them? And I'm telling you, sometimes it's the guys who you least magnetically attracted to. Sometimes, and I think normally, that's where God uses us most powerfully because that's where we're most stretched. It carries on. He asks his older brother, and we know the older brother says, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those sheep in the wilderness? A game-changer community. Deal with the older brother spirit. And let me be honest, I grew up in a church where if you challenged, your heart was questioned. And you know me. Got a few opinions along the way. Hey, Wally, I've got a few opinions, eh? But we've got to allow our brothers to speak without questioning their hearts. Why have you come here, David? What are you doing here? It's not your place. We need Chris Lanus. We need some of the other youth leaders aren't here tonight. But we need their voices. If we want to have a future and a generation-to-generation generation gospel and kingdom impact, we need their voices to be heard. Not their presence only. We need their voices. We need it. As an army, we need it. And Saul replied, even Saul died, said, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Even Saul was skeptical. Why? Because Goliath was big. What are the dreams that God wants to put in us as a community? What if God just added people, like more than we could handle? Honestly, you ask the question, because that's what happened in the Bible, and I keep asking God. I read Acts, and I say, God, you did it. Do it again. Why? So we can have a successful church? No. And you heard me speak on Sunday about church hopping and church swapping. I'm not a fan. I want the raw, lost, broken people to rush in. It comes with big mess. It comes with chaos. But it comes with life, like a jungle, wild and noisy. It's amazing. I want to stir your juices to ask those questions again. Game changers, they overcome the internal. See, Saul was an internal voice. Maybe there's internal voices. Even we, we're, doing, we're doing alpha again. It's like, well, we've tried that before, maybe. No, no, no. Game changer. How do we change the game? Who are we? We are Jesus' people. We have Jesus inside of us. We can walk into a home of a marriage that is falling apart, and because the presence of God and the Spirit of God is upon us, the game can change, I'm telling you. I believe it with everything inside of me. Every environment I go into, I believe, Jesus, you can change. You can change it. Honestly, if we don't walk with that courage and that faith, we are missing the gospel story. That's amazing. And it carries on. And David, and David says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Um, when a lion or a bear came, he carried them off. We know all these scriptures, but I want to say, LCC, we're a 15-year-old story. We're a teenager story in some ways. And I think teenagers need adventures. I think we need some more adventures. We need adventures. We need faith ventures in Jesus. We need to do some crazy things. Come and join us Tuesday morning. We're going to be at the robot at the stop street here, handing out flyers for Alpha and chocolates and trying to cause as much traffic problem as we can in Tableview for Jesus. And is that comfortable to me? Not exactly. 
But we've got to change the game. We've got to do something different. We can't just rely on what we've relied on before and celebrate one more than we did last time. And I've said it publicly and I'll say it again. If we do Alpha and we invest thousands of rand and we put meals on tables and one person gets saved and they end up at the View Church, I don't care. We'll celebrate till eternity comes because one person got saved. It has to be our objective. It has to be so deep inside of us. But we've got to adventure. And I cannot go in, in these, he said to Paul. Saul tries to put his armor on him and he says, I can't go in these. You know the story because I'm not used to them. What has God got for us? Life changes. What has he got for us? Why, why the Wally and, and Shirley? Why that heartbeat that still pumps so deeply and so why? Well, he's got some stories for us. He's got some mountains for us to take. We've got to go through the valley, through Goliath, to that side. You're not going to find it there, buddy. I know what you're looking for. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's not there. I won. And um, we carry on. And, and it's, uh, I want to ask you, what has God got for us? I don't want you to just carry the weight of, of shepherding people. I want you to carry the weight of what has God got for us? And I want to ask you, what has he got for your family? What is the game changer for your family? What is the game changer for your family? Maybe it's simple. Maybe it's just really small. Maybe you've known what it is for years. Will you do it? Will you silence the internal voice? Will you put on the armor that God's got for you, your style? You see, I think we're a unique church. I think there's more prophetic. There, there's so much, and I know the paintings are off the wall at the moment, but there's so much creative, artistic birthings within this community. We've got to rebirth some of that stuff. We've got to bring it to life. We've got to see God add. He's going to add creatives. He's going to add songwriters. We've got to say, God, what is it? What does he have for your careers? What does he have for your kids? And maybe some of you are in the scenario now and you're saying, my kids and university and, and maybe there's limitations. You know who can smash the ceilings? Jesus inside of you. Yeah. I want to inspire you tonight. I'm, it's a little bit of like a, we can chase down the 439. If you know cricket, you know what I'm talking about. And Goliath, you know what the, the cool thing is? Goliath saw a shepherd, but Jesus saw a warrior. God saw a warrior. Yeah. And it's, we know the story and he, David runs in. It doesn't say he walked in like feeling the way and kind of testing the waters. It says he, he moved in closer to attack. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. And there were three kind of armies and David was the, what they would call a slinger. He, he had a sling and he, he, he runs into battle. I wanna, when last did you run at your enemy? What are the things that are holding you, your family, your call, the courage and conviction inside you? What are the things? And when last did you run at it? Just run in it. It seems like it makes no sense. God is, God is into getting courage inside of his men. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants to take courage out of his men. I want to speak to men tonight and say, God's putting courage inside of you. Just start running. Just start running. Start the run. Take the step of faith and trust in God. And start running at him. Trusting the design of God in your life. He created you to run at the enemy. And when we run and we overcome our battles, we can take others and say, I've run through that valley. I got to the mountaintop. I want to take you through your valley to the mountaintop. That's what we can do. That's who we are. It's what the church is as a light, a shining light to this world. Otherwise, we're messing around. We want to change the game. 
see these chairs filled up with leaders staring in in different colors. This leaders meeting has to look very different in a year's time. Just telling you. Which means we've got to change the game. We've got to change the way we do some things. We've got to way, change some of the ways we, and the things we celebrate. We've got to celebrate different sports. Maybe we've got to watch Bafana Fana and not just Springboks on the rugby TV. I don't know. God wants to change the game in our midst. He wants to do it. And, it's, um, and then the last thing that I think is so important, and David stood over this enemy and he cut his head off. He just slapped that thing right off. And, and Gabe was telling us that um, Bill Hybels calls this the mole, the moment of leadership. Was it you telling us? The moment of leadership wasn't running in, wasn't putting his hand up. The moment of leadership was standing over that, that big six foot nine beast and cutting his head off. And I want to encourage you as leaders. We've all watched the action movie. And then he walks over and he kisses the pretty girl and the bad guy gets up and stabs him in the back. And you know that it's going to happen. We've all watched that movie. Let's just take that head right off. And we spoke a while ago, but I, I would challenge you in areas of debt, darkness, and dependencies in your life, cut its head off. One of the guys from this church phoned me from Joburg today, said, I'm on business, I'm under pressure, I've had a massive week, and I'm telling you, my eyes are starting to wander. I'm just phoning to tell you. He's cutting the head off. I want to ask you to cut the head off. In days where people are spending recklessly, cut the head off that thing. Don't play with it, don't tease it, don't tempt it. Just cut its head off. Areas of darkness in our life, cut its head off. Don't play with it. Because God's called us to great things together. Are you inspired? Am I just rambling? There we go. I, I, honestly, there, it's, a, it's a year for changing the game. Honestly, 2015 can't just be life changes doing 2014 slightly better, and hopefully we're just ahead of inflation. You know what I mean? How boring is that? Honestly, it's just boring. I don't see Jesus as boring. He changed the game. He, he could do what he wanted. He had, he had the spirit of God inside. He brought change. How amazing. Leper, be healed today rather than send him out. Of, have you thought about that? The, the, the implications for social interaction that changed because of that. It's incredible. To the church off. He said, we'll do more. We'll bring more change. And there's implications for us. It starts with identity, sonship, and shepherds. I want to say, we're going to go on some adventures. Are you ready to risk again? Are you ready to risk again? Which means laying hands on the sick in the streets again, stopping your car, getting out, and yes, I know hijacks an implication, but following the Spirit of God sometimes and, and, and risking again, prophesying again. You have a prophetic voice, bro. You know it. And every now and again, it pops its head up. But there's more. There's more. And the issue is freedom. The issue is people's lives changing. That's the issue. God's calling us to these things adventures again when we run at the enemy and maybe you don't have the courage well let's run together let's run together fight together and then cut off that enemy's head i want to cut off the enemy's head in a few areas of my life join me we've got to take 
this game-changing thing into the, the four key conversations, and we're getting really focused on that this year. Everything we're doing has to filter through those four key focus areas that we spoke about last year, everything. Every area we spend money, every area we spend time as a staff, every area invest, if it doesn't fit in those four key things, honestly, it doesn't happen. We have to get focused. If we're gonna take a battle, we have to run in knowing what we wanna achieve. And the first one, just to remind you, loving God, contending for more. I want people to know God. You know what I loved about Sunday? It, and, and I was sitting here and it was, a, it was a big service and it was full and it was hot and it was awkward in some ways, but God was here. And while he led so tenderly, God was here. People need God. They don't need church who can do things just better than the church down the road. They need God. So we've got to contend for that by going deeper as a leadership, individually, personally, in our own lives. And I would challenge you. I'm challenging myself. My disciplines weren't great at the end of last year. I got caught up with busyness. I got caught up with a whole bunch of things. And I want to get my disciplines in line. Please don't leave the church. <laughs> but I want to get those things. And I want to chop the head off some of that stuff and get order. And, and, and some relationships are helpful for the gospel call in my life, and some aren't. And I have to say, but this is the, I've got to go on this road. I want to honor God's call, and I've got to make calls. The unchurched, those far from God, a burning passion and conviction. And my little personal story on this thing is for 13, 14 years, I've done the doozy. And that's what I do. And it's my selfish little personal adventure that I go on. And last year, I trained on my own because no one in Cape Town trains for the doozy on that smelly little river by Milneton there. I just paddled on my own. I didn't meet one person from all my training. I can tell you I met one old buddy. His name's Chris, and he's already in church. That's all I met. And God said, actually, not again. So this year, I'm joining a CrossFit gym. It's public. I'm out there. I'm going to be a ripped athlete in four months' time, but... Actually, I've been to two sessions. I've met eight different people. I know their names. I know their stories. And I'm so flippin' excited by it. How do we change the game? I don't know, but we've got to do something. Maybe it's climb a rope. I don't, that's what I'm going to be doing. But um, I think Jesus loves being with sinners are. Can we get that? Can we hold on and say, together, we're going to fight for that? We, we're going to fight for that. We're going to work hard on things like language. We're going to work hard on, on events. We're going to work hard to make sure those people can come and arm us and feel comfortable. Honestly, everything has to be filtered through that. Everything. Discipleship. Youth. The decision for youth is because of this focus area. That's it. If we want a big youth, we can have a big youth. We put more lights in, more smoke machines, offer free Magnum ice creams on a Friday night. We'll have a youth of 300 kids. We'll have no money for anything else, but we have 300 kids. And we can tell the world, and it looks successful, and it sounds great, but honestly, make disciples. It shouts at me. It's hard work. It's messy. Make disciples. Social justice. That's why, and, and to be honest, as a staff, we, we, the, the, I just want to commend the staff. The, the serving culture has come alive in Life Changes Church. It's just come alive. And it's so lacking. We had a guy who's joined us. For his, he, they were in full-time ministry in Durban. They've come down. They're with us at the moment. I don't, I don't know if they're with us full-time, but we'll see. And, and he just said to me, he says, you guys have so got the serving culture thing. I was like, really? <laughs> That's cool. And we've got to fight for these things. We've got to fight. So these guys are working. Everybody who joins the church is like, actually, the best way to know people is to serve. Where are you going to serve? 
It's a little bit harder to turn Christians who've been in church for 30 years and they did hang tight for 20 years. So let's get the unbeliever guys who don't know what they're doing and why they're doing it, but get them serving and say, this is the way you get in community. They love it. Just letting you know. And the last one that we need a lot of help in, and that's why you'll see on the, the planners, all the month planners, site five's on there. We've got to talk more about Swatch Shop. We need voices like Wayne and Rion and others within our midst, Wayne and Jen, to talk to us here. These forums are going to be workshop forums on these four issues. So this year, all we're going to talk about is these four issues, and we're going to expose them and highlight them and say, how do we do it? And we're going to workshop. I want us to break up in some of these forums. I know that this is like we come and I, I want us to talk. I want other voices speaking here. Honestly, we are in baby steps here. Well, I know I am, but I know it can't be for much longer. So I'm, I'm throwing these at you again, and I've been throwing them. This is it. If you, if, if you, you and I would ask you as, a, as, as, as game breakers within this area, well, there's a question, what is this meeting for? Has anyone else asked that question? Who wants to know what this meeting's for and what's about? Okay, wonderful. Gabe wants to know. He hasn't been listening. But I would, I, would ask, I would ask you these questions or give you these answers in terms of what that is. That the people here are those prepared to carry the weight with us of the story called Life Changes Church. This is not just a kingdom adventure story that people are out there. This meeting is for those who are in the, the, the Life Changes Church story carrying weight with us somewhere in one of these four categories. So I would love to change the name of this meeting, and I would love you to give me a suggestion. I hate leaders meeting. Just putting it out there. I think there's truth to it. I think there's amazing um, reality to being a leader in the kingdom of God, but I think it brings a hierarchical reality when we announce it, and I think, and, and it brings, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a, it's a responsibility that comes with privilege rather than the other way around. And I would love a suggestion from you. Give us a name. Because I think this meeting is about those who are serving the people God is sending and serving the city out of this base. That's what this meeting is. And I think that's exciting to bring clarity to that. It's in one of those four areas you are burning and we need your voice. And maybe you're not burning at the moment, you're saying, but actually, I'm dying to be in the social justice sphere. We've got Kerry Nell joined the church. She's not yet tonight, but, but plowing away, a young woman who could have gone into private practice and made huge bucks as a doctor says, actually, I'm going to go into the AIDS world and I'm going to bring, I want to see things happen there. I want the game to change. We need to hear her voice. We need her to challenge us. I, I would challenge us, and I'm, I'm, I'm the absolute hypocrite saying this because Wayne and Jen are here and they know, but I would challenge each of us to get to side five at least once this first term. So every second week, they kick off next weekend. Valentine's Day. What's the next one after that? No, I'm joking. <laughs> but, it's, but just so God gets our juices going, and, and, and yeah, this is a key meeting. Can I ask also, we prioritize this meeting. And I know we took the foot off the gas a little bit in this meeting, and we, we were trying to work out as an eldership what, what we wanted out of this meeting. So that's what it's about. I would ask that you prioritize this meeting. Not so that we have a great big leaders meeting, but actually we can talk together. I want these to be scrummed down where we can say, actually, we're on a mission, we want to go for it. So we give you the dates in advance, plan life accordingly. If you can travel differently on different days, do that. If you can't, we understand, talk to us. But we're a team. So that was my pitch, and that was way longer than I wanted to go. But game changes. Jesus. <laughs> 
Oh, there it is there. Wonderful. Can I shoot through a few things that are happening in the life of the church as well? What was I supposed to say? Is that the name of the... I can't take Wayne seriously with... Okay, game changes. Everyone say, ah, it seems to be so... There we go, democratic. Here we go. Hey, yeah. I like it. So what else is happening? Just so we're a team. I want you to share. I want you to carry these things. And please, some of you are better at a lot of these things than me. Please speak. This building, you've seen some change. It was so lacquer. We had the... Just to come in, Janine and Bev, who's not here tonight. But Junior Junction is really taking ground as a mission field. And I want to just commend them. I have probably been Janine's worst nightmare last year. And she's nodding, she's giving me a six. Because I don't let them settle. And I won't let them settle, and she knows that. But every area they're stepping up to the game, the professionalism, the service we're providing to the community, um, the, the support we're wanting to provide to the community. And we came and I sat with parents, um, we had a parents evening on Monday night. I sat with a lady who's not from this church and isn't in a church. She said, you know what? I came here last year and I just want to tell you, church is looking really good. Just so cool. And, and we've done phase one, which is painting and the, the kids' school looking good. Phase two is new carpets here. The stage is being extended. We're putting up some things on the sides. We need more storage. We're really struggling for storage. That's happening now. The school is getting laminate flooring. We're just trying to up the game. That's a primary mission field right there. It's very cool. And um, so that's happening. But then the big one is phase three. And I'd love you to pray about this. Which, which we've wrestled. I mean, Sunday morning is a hard one because we probably had 400 adults in the hall that seats 550. And the guys who do the statistics and the clever guys say that's, you're on the, the limit. Double service is a hectic thing, guys. I've done it. And, and it's just hectic. So we need a God strategy. Because right now, as we sit looking at the building, the strategy is to repurpose the building. We feel like, especially with the loss being a focus, that this area is amazing, but we could utilize the building better. And the idea is to open plan all of that there and make that one big kind of coffee bar entertainment welcoming zone. That's right in the front. It's visible on the road. We can do things during the week for mothers and that. And repurpose this because if you want to get people, make them feel comfortable, give them a good coffee, and look after their kids. Imagine this whole area could be a kid's zone of note. We live in an area where single moms are massive, where, where, where homes have children and they're in small little homes. And if we can serve the kids' area in a massive way, and I think we need to take some big risks. You've got you to put your foot in the water. You can't just tap. You've got to jump. And, and um, please think about it. Please pray about it. It would mean changing and repurposing the building, not adding too many seats at this stage, but the flow of the building will work better where people would come in, and instead of just walking and sit down at their chair, they'll stay, and we can serve them at the front. We can welcome them, keep them there, and then let people in. That's the idea. I can't say God has given me the go or the elders a go on this story, but I'd love you to speak. If you have better plans, walk around the building, dream. Think about the lost walking in here, what they see, how they feel. Step right outside. Come early one day, because you know what? They come early, and they sit on their own there, and they feel as awkward as anything. And then Wally loves them. <laughs> and I check Wally. He's like, he's talking to someone, and then I, someone walks in the building who's never been here before, and Wally's like, okay, great. 
Because <laughs> he just wants to get that oak and love the socks off him. And I love it, Wally. Don't change a thing. LCC Corporate Identity. We need a new logo. Who says amen? amen? I think we need a new logo. God has served his purposes through that time, but we've been wrestling. Some of the brief for the logo, modern, timeless, iconic, basically the best logo in the world, simple, um, but we could use in multiple ways. We found the last one was just limiting us to its ability to be used. So Crystal and, and Amy came around. My job was to feed them, and then they, they, they let the juices flow, and we have some options. That was our last logo, and we, we, we feel to drop off the people of influence for now, we, and, and we're, going to, we're looking at an option. Give us some thought. Feel free to click anytime, Tyler. I'm just rambling. Um, this is an option. There are many options. Many ways to go. We looked at many options. We're putting one kind of execution option with you. Stay with me. We can look at a few other ways of executing that. It has to be usable web and online. We have massive traffic, not massive, but for us, massive traffic on Facebook right now. We just got to use it a lot better. And people are watching. We, we, I mean, we put photos up and there were 5,000 people who looked at the one set of photos and that. The baptisms. But over 5,500 people look at the baptisms. It's incredible. We don't even do it incredibly well. We, so we got to do it better. And we need execution to really go for it, Tyler. If you haven't noticed, there's an L and a C in the circle. Okay, this is time for honesty. Who didn't see it? Bless you. We love you guys. You would have seen it on the next time. <laughs> but slow down, go back. The big thing really is how you can execute and use a logo, multiple mediums, multiple formats. And, and take it on a journey. Take people on a journey with you and demonstrate who you are through some of those sort of things. Go for it, Ty. Just fun executions, Amy having fun. And then our favorite, let's sit on there for a bit. It'll probably be used in this format with the logo and that together most of the time or on its side most of the time. It's younger. It probably appeals to a younger audience. We've shown it quite wide. But it, it, it does have some, potentially something of a surf reality to it. But you know what? We live in Bloberg Strand. It's what we're famous for. And um, if we can go to the next slide, it would be white where the yellow is but, and, and a bright light shining at people. But that's what the yellow wall is for. Just to catch people. To say, we want to do something different and we're here. I know yellow is not everyone's vibe. I know, but I still love you. And, um, but we want to, we want to just do something different. It was so lucky. I went for my vitamin B shot. The lady's about to give me a shot in the back. So I said, are you the guys with the, I like the yellow wall. Like, oh, ah. <laughs> and if people will notice, that's what matters. She also did tell me I was the sex pastor. But other than that, <laughs> um, we'll leave it up. Just, if you can leave that up, Tyler, just the, just the image with the wall in that. Um, just have a look. Speak to us. We haven't put it in stone yet, but we'd love feedback, if that's good. The f and I'll finish with two things. The fast, please take a hold of this for your own lives and take people on a journey. We're all walking with different people. Take them on a journey. This is weird and freaky for a lot of people. Honestly, it's just freaky that you would just not eat and deprive yourself of food and coffee, although it is a liquid. And... Um, and, and, but take people on a journey. Use this as an opportunity to disciple. Say, God, give me two people, five people that I can just love and phone them every day. Say, how's the fast going? See you tonight. God does amazing things at these times. 
And um, we'll talk more about that Sunday. Vision Sunday, can I also ask you just to make it a, a thing? We've never done it before. We're shooting in the dark, but we want to speak about these four things very clearly and say, guys, this is who we are, unapologetically. Wonderful. I really have spoken for way too long, but I want you to know where we are, who we are, where we're going. I want you to say, this is our story. We can, we can buy into that story. We, we want to buy into that story. Jesus was a game changer. He wants to game change our marriages, game change our businesses, game change it all. And so take some risks. Take and silence the voice of the enemy. Take a hold of the design and cut off the enemy's head. That would be my encouragement. It's my encouragement to myself. But can we stand for, for, for five minutes? And I just felt like we need to worship together for a few minutes. And just say, God, do it. Just... Um, even now, just if, if you're saying, actually, can we close our eyes for a second? Just saying, there's something inside of me that's, that's, that wants to respond. There's some, some heads to be cut off. And I, I'm putting my hand up with you, but I want to pray with us, for us. Because God is incredible. And maybe last year was a tough year for you. I want to tell you, God can change the game and he wants to use you. And maybe your business that you're involved in is, is going down at a rate or not. I'm telling you because you are there and the Spirit of God is in you that can change. I believe it with everything inside of me. Don't take my word for it. It's the, what the Bible says. It says who you are. So can we just respond right now? Jesus, this is your church. These are your precious people. All the way to Kevin. Brad, Marguerite, Lord, just thank you, Jesus. Rion, thank you for these names and faces of new stories and, and incredible new stories, God. We ask, God, that as we come, that you called us for this purpose, for this time, for this moment, for this city, for this area, for this community, for your kingdom impact. I pray, God, stir us afresh and again. Not just another man's words causing us to, to be inspired, but your spirit inside of us igniting the very design that is upon each and every man and woman here today, God. I pray for courage to rise up in this place. Courage. Where men have second-guessed themselves for year after year after year, where women have second-guessed themselves in your story, in your kingdom, year after year, I pray, God, let courage arise now. Let a cry so deep inside come out. Let it roar, roar, God, from deep inside. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus.